Welcome everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Evan, Donald, and Rob. And before we get started, we want to ask you to check out statementgames.com. You can learn to get find a unique experience in your fantasy sports. Check out docoutersbaseball.org and learn about the father of baseball. And listen to us on radioplaylive.com at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Well, we had a actually a very uh entertaining game uh for spring training uh yesterday. And a bat from Stanton is just insane. And the Yes Network, it's their spring training too, because their camera angle on that home run was terrible. It, they made it look like it was a foul ball. Yeah, and they, they should have been using the right field camera, not the left field camera. You know, it was, it was a bad angle. Yeah. You know, and then you blinked and Torres freaking lazy one to the scoreboard, and that was nice. But with Stanton, he was laying off that – he laid off that slider away multiple times um, in his at-bats. And he's been doing that all spring along with Gary. You know, and Gary's little bloop – you know, his little single that he hit was also another good at-bat. So Gary and, uh, Gary and Stanton really look like they're – they have a whole new focus to them. And I, I can't say it enough how I'm, I'm looking forward to opening day. You need to throw Torres in there too, and I read a report that Torres the entire off season. With they were wife, talking about that on the on the air. With his wife and his trainer and a bunch yep. of other people studied nonstop every single error that he made last year, yep. and he worked on it all off season. And at the beginning of that workout, he was frustrating because he kept making the same errors and he kept making the same errors. And now coming into spring training, he looks so much more confident because he literally attempted to fix the problem that he had the most issues with last year. So, you know, that just shows the work ethic on this team. We, we, you know, we bring Gary down for not caring. We've already seen that he cares. These three yeah. players who we need to show that they care are doing just that. And if it carries into the season, we're going to have a special season. Yep. Well, yeah. What did you make? Uh, um, I mean, going back to Stanton, he was doing this last year, you know, before he got hurt. We saw him laying off those pitches, and he looked a lot you know, a lot more comfortable at the plate, and it carried over into the postseason. He was on fire. So the fact that he's doing this in the spring, you know, despite some news outlets saying he was off to a rough start after two at-bats, it's definitely nice to see him you know, kill the ball the way he did because you know he has that power, and it's just so natural for him. He doesn't really have to try that hard. He doesn't have to swing so hard pitches that are out of the zone he just needs to swing at his pitch and it's more than likely going to go over the wall so we know he has that natural power and just like Evan said the work ethic by Torres you know to make sure that he's getting better defensively because once again we know what he can do offensively that's not the question it's just working on defense and if he just gets better he doesn't have to be a gold glover he doesn't have to be the best defensive shortstop ever just be good just be solid at the position and we've got our shortstop for the next, hopefully, next 10, 15 years. Right. And um, I don't know if his wife said it or one of the other people who he was working with on the offseason said it, but they said the Yankees signed you as a shortstop. They yeah, they kept reminding him. Yeah. Shortstop. So, you know, he needs to get that confidence in himself to understand you're a shortstop, dude. Yes, you had a, a career year at second base, but that has nothing to do with the type of player you are. It just shows what your ceiling is, and I believe he can do that at shortstop as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna bring that up too, but um, that little mantra they kept, you know, listening, you know, kept telling him, you know, it it does help. 
you know, especially when you're reminded over and over again, how, what got you to where you are with your ability at shortstop? It's the hardest position. I think shortstop and third base are the hardest position for, for two very separate reasons, but they're, they're very difficult. There is no better infield, in my opinion, than the Yankees infield and baseball. Just look at it. Look, Voight, you know, home run champion. We got DJ LeMay here. Freaking back-to-back MVP, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Labor Torres, MVP caliber quality, and he's his, his shortstop. Uh, you know, he's working on that, and that'll be fine. I think his defense looks much better, much, much better already. So, um, and you know, we all know about his bat. Terrific. Gio Urshela, the happy fella. I mean, is there, I, his, his glove is incredible. Gold glove, terrific. So, <laughs> look at that infield. It's absolute fire. Right, and, and look look at the backups for the infield as well. You got yeah. Diedrich, you got and Duhart, and you got Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce, yeah, and Jay Bruce is having a monster spring. I think the Yankees would be nuts not to not to uh, carry him into the into the regular season roster. So, well, that's uh, exciting. Unfortunately, and, uh, unfortunately, Bruce is going to get his chance because we do we uh, uh, Boyd suffering from knee soreness. So they're, they're shutting him down for a couple of days to figure out what's going on. That doesn't Great. mean much to me. Yeah. More yeah. injuries. But just a little word there on Stanton's home run. I mean, that is a preposterous home run. It was absolutely I don't think it landed yet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. From what I saw, it went over some trees way out of the stadium. I mean, that's just wild. Yeah, he does it in such a – window in about 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. It's incredible. <laughs> And his swing, he didn't even like go nuts with his swing. Like it was just a... it looked like he was trying to fight it off. Yeah, and it just goes <laughs> absolutely 440 feet to Canada. I think it's probably more than 500. It, it was, yeah, it was far more than that. I counted yeah. it when it hits the ground and rolls, so it was probably 700 feet. But I've been saying since you know, since we've been talking here over the last few months, I actually think the stand's gonna hit, have a monster year. That's my that was my prediction from the start. I think he's gonna have a monster year. He looked uh-huh. so good in the playoffs. I think it's going to carry. And if you look at his yeah. work ethic throughout the offseason, I agree with your statement. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, we've always talked about his thing is just staying healthy because the we know what he's capable of because we saw it in 2018. It was his second best season statistically in his career. If you, you, know, you can't expect him to uh, put together the MVP season year after year. 2018 was a fantastic year for Stanton that people overlook because he got hurt the last couple of seasons. So it's just his biggest thing is staying on the field, and you know you're going to get an all-star caliber player every time. Look at some of his injuries, too, though. Like, wasn't last year he got injured, or the year before maybe, when he slid headfirst into third base? He, like, tore his uh, shoulder or some shit. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering that correctly, but you don't need someone of that body size to be focusing on base running and shit. Like, you know, I don't need you to hustle to third if it's a clear double. I don't need you to hustle to second if it's a single, you know. Just get to base, do your thing, and otherwise we need you to hit home runs and drive and runs. We don't need you to score runs. That's, a, that's irrelevant to me. Yeah, even though he has the athletic capability to run the bases, you, you kind of want him just to rein it in a little bit and just focus on on the power in order to keep his health because, you know, if it's a – if it's a straight double, just take the double. Don't stretch for a triple. If it's gonna, if it's gonna, you know, cause right. any damage to your to your lower 
to yeah. your your lower muscles. So you kind of just rein him in, but but he's such a competitor, and he he's a hell of a player, and he's got the athletic capability to do all these kind of things. It's hard to tell him yeah. not to do that little bit extra if it's going to help us win. But you know, if a short term gain such as you know legging it out for a triple instead of just a walking double, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you want to take the, the long-term view. Like, I'd much rather have them over the next 30 to 40 games rather than stretch for a triple and maybe possibly, you know, go on the, the IL for, for 10 days. You know what I mean? I want to shift to one of the guys that we know is not going to be on the Major League roster. And um, in the bottom of the eighth last night, with the bases loaded, that kid Duran, for the – a hell of a fucking bases loaded walk. You know, he had a really good battle at the plate. I don't know if anybody saw that or heard it. Like, he had a hat, you know, he was really, you know, fighting off that at bat to work the walk to give up the lead to win. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's got to get a little uh, tip of the cap for his patience at the plate. Um, even if it doesn't lead to him making the major league roster, but good job by that kid, too. So I wanted to throw that in there because it's a lot of pressure. You know, talk about the pressures of being on the major league roster. The pressures that the minor league players are under, especially after not playing for a year. Um, now, Rob and Evan, you guys are experts on their minor league system. What do you guys uh, think about Duran's upside? I'll let Rob answer first. I mean, we're probably we won't see him for a while. No. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I know he's that not he's getting the roster, but I right. thought that at bat was a fun at bat to watch. Yeah, it, it's a good thing that these younger guys are getting work because, like you said, there was no minor leagues last year, and it's getting delayed this year. So the minor yeah. leaguers have gotten such a short end of the stick in these last couple of seasons. It's it's really sad how the minor leaguers get treated. So that's why spring training is so important this year for a mm -hmm. lot of these young guys. The games may not matter. You know, especially in the late innings, you're seeing all these players like, oh, we're not going to see this guy in April and May. Who cares? But for him, but well, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. The fans may not care, but yeah. to the players, this means everything because they have to get playing time because it's going to be delayed for a month or so. And who knows yeah. when we're going to get, you know, double A, single A, and, you know, the rookie ball and all that. So he's going to have to get as much work in as he possibly can. And it, good, it was a great at bat. Yeah. And the one, the one Yankee that did not have a good start was um, Justin Wilson. You know, it was his first time on the mound. Are we going to make it, are we making a big deal out of it? Or it was just his first start. Let's see how he responds. No yeah. worry, because look at Michael King. He struggled in his first appearance. Okay. And then he, he pitched two shutout innings yesterday. So, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, the, when you, it's your first appearance, you're just figuring out your stuff. I'm not concerned. Yeah. It makes, right. it makes no difference. It's a very long season. We're going to see players who are having success now in spring training fail during the season at time. You cannot let that frustrate you. You're going to have huge highs and huge lows throughout the season. That's just a matter of uh, how baseball happens. You know, even the superstars have two weeks, a month, where they're, you know, not performing at their highest peak. Right, and I think Wilson got a little bit of a late start to spring training because of the weather in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. That was holding him from, from getting officially signed. So he may have gotten a little bit of a later start than everybody else. So it's really not that big of a deal. We know how uh, efficient he is on the mound. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about, you know, like 
you know, just trying to you know run through the the ups and downs of the game last night. Um, the other upside was fucking Odai. How good did he look? That slider is just nasty. I'm excited by Odai, and it does coincide with the, the article that the, the Chris wrote um, yeah. on the, on Yankee Chronicles about uh, Odai. And, you know, and I wrote something very similar about his. He was terrific last year. Um, he's, you know, him being a submarine style pitcher kind of um, adds a different uh, look for our rotation for our bullpen, which is kind of exciting. And uh, I think, I think, I think he's going to be great this year. Yeah, I'm excited for him for sure. Well, I actually, I, I think the the pitching this year is shown is really shown how deep this this roster is with the pitching. You know, there's very, you know, there's very few weak links. You know, there are. Well, some- it's, it's because it's balanced. And if you want to go back to the championship dynasty in which we had, you know, 96, 98, 99, 2000, look at our bullpen. Were there, was every position in that bullpen a star? No, they weren't. But we had a lot of guys like Jeff Nelson, Ramiro Mendoza. Yeah. You know, those guys were amazing. Not the yeah. best pitcher you've ever seen, but when it came down to clutch time, Jeff Nelson was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I love Jeff Nelson. Uh, Stanton was a good lefty setup guy. Um, and uh, Mendoza, I love Mendoza because he was a jack of all trades. He's kind of yeah. similar to Chad Green. And he took a, a lot of roles and he did it with a plum. You know what I mean? And those kind of guys are key. Yeah, O'Day reminds me a lot of the guys that we had in that bullpen just because he's unique and balanced and has, you know, pitched for a very long time. So I think he yeah. just he has a great mentality on the mound. One guy I'm kind of hesitant to bring up because we can't stand him. We don't want him on the team. But Herman looks really good. And it's not – it sucks. I also hate that he has number 55. Like, seriously, yeah, was- <laughs> why did they give him that shit in 2019? You are not Matsui level. You're not even Sonny Gray level, you piece of shit. Take that number off and go back to 65. You're 65. There's also number 50 and 64. You don't get to have four numbers. What the fuck's wrong with you? Pick one <laughs> goddamn number and it can't be 55. End of discussion. We, we should <laughs> <agree>. <laughs> to be honest. I agree. I don't understand why he's taking that number, but uh, yeah, he does look good, and it annoys the hell out of me. But because uh, because uh, I'm really rooting for DV uh, to get the fifth spot, but you know, it's never a bad thing to have two quality arms fighting it out for the fifth spot. Um, Evan, you're looking at me like I'm an alien. Are you, are you all right? No, I'm just upset <laughs> because didn't didn't you understand? <laughs> Give uh, well, who was it? Raphael Soriano. It was one of these players took fucking uh, Paul o- Paul O'Neill's number, and they got Latroy all Hawkins. fucking offended. Was it Latroy Hawkins? Yes, thank you, Latroy Hawkins did it, and they got all offended and pissed off. But they're gonna let fucking a wife beater take a World Series MVP's number? Are you freaking kidding me? We have the fakest franchise fan base. It's ridiculous. We're so fucking fake. I didn't even realize you changed this number until you brought it up on social media yesterday. He changed it in 2019, and I was pissed off then, but it seems more relevant now to be pissed off about it. 
You know, talking about the, the rotation, um, did any guys read uh, the NJ.com article uh, interviewing David Kuhn? Because David Kuhn was discussing our rotation. Did get any, any I did not see that, no. It was really interesting. There's a couple of really interesting things I thought I'd maybe bring up here. Um, he was talking about Kluber. Uh, he says he's not babying uh, his pitches. He's, he's not being tentative. It's like he's got his confidence in his stuff because it's really snapping. He said that slider when he was at the top of the game, he had one of the world's best sliders. Uh, it had its own name, the Kluber slider. Um, so people wanted that pitch and it looked like it was snapping. So he says he was, he was excited for him. He says his early impressions of Jamison Tyone. Uh, he says, as advertised, he's got such a strong background and character check. You just trust guys like that, that have been through so much. You got a reason to pull for them. Um, his curve, his curveball is for real. His stuff is really exciting. Uh, it's got real depth to it. This curveball, so he's got that swing and miss stuff that you love to see from a starting pitcher. Um, he says the uh, one of the biggest issues is obviously depth. Um, but the next wave of young power arms on the way, uh, such as DV and Hula Shakin, all these kind of guys. Uh, but he's, he's particularly excited about Luis Medina. Yeah. Uh, he really likes, uh, he says his stuff looks polished. And uh, not just his fastball, but his feel for his secondary pitches. Looks like he has a chance to have some really good secondary pitches. He says the spin rate on his breaking ball and changeup is really impressive. Um, so he's, he's most excited with Kluber. And he also is really excited with Jonathan Loisigan. We've not really talked, discussed Loisigan much in the bullpen. But we he, he did a little that, bit the other day. You weren't here. But um, right. I think lo, what we said about Loisiga is he has nasty stuff, but his control issues lead to other issues, and that's kind of why he's so inconsistent. But his stuff is, is nasty. nasty. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. A.J. Burnett-level stuff. He just I don't, I'm not sure he can get over those control issues in the same way that Burnett didn't. You know, if Burnett had no control issues – it's one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen. Yeah, I just the end of that article, David Cohn did say that he thinks that Herman's got the leg up on the fifth, the fifth uh, starter spot at the moment. So, uh, listen, I think that was a really interesting interview because you know, for me, he he should have been our pitching coach because he knows pitching inside and out. And I always defer yeah. to David Cohn on these things. So when he's on the yes uh, booth, you know, he 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 illuminates so much about the game, like he really knows his shit inside out. Um, and um, he's uh, he also got a book out last year, a couple of years ago. Really good. Did anybody read his book that he wrote? He's, I have it. Not he, yet, though. I'm a slow reader. The stuff he knows about pitching is unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, like, it almost astounds me that he's not got a pitching coach job because I think he would be terrific. He's, he's too old school at this point. They really made that shift. If he wanted to be a pitching coach, he should have signed on, like, six years ago, unfortunately. I don't think it's anything to do with knowledge, though. No, if if you just sit in front of a video and watch insane amounts of video replay and no stats and stuff, that's all you really need to be to be a pitching right. coach. No, I agree with you. He should be a pitching coach. I just think the mentality throughout the league is this new, you know, high analytical approach where they're looking for guys like Matt Blake, which I highly disagree with. What does Matt yeah. Blake know about pitching other than learning from, well, you know, it. reading and other stuff? It's the same like me. I, I was never a successful pitcher. I could teach you how to throw the pitches, but you really want to listen to me teach you? Or do you want to listen to someone who had experience in the game and won? That's, 
that's what I was thinking. I thought that maybe considering coaching now in, in baseball is, is so focused on your communication, right? Your communication skills mostly and your and your a way to adapt analytics to to the player and to communicate the analytics to the player. And to be honest, I think David Cohn would be perfect at it because I agree. He's really up on the analytics, but as a communication, you can tell you listen to the booth. He knows his shit. Right. You want to but, sit and you want to listen to him. You want to yeah. read about him pitching a perfect game and all the stuff and what it takes to to go on the mound every five days, you know? Yeah, he has the legend status, but he also has a more hands-on approach than Matt Blake has because, like I said, he pitched every level in the game. So when, you know, you're going to listen to that as a pitcher, and when he's explaining something, I think it's going to have more meaning to it than Matt Blake would. That's just For sure, yeah. But I'm interested in what he says about Medina. I I do agree with him there. Yeah, no, Medina's stock seems to be rising very well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely good. Skyrocketing up, he's it's a steady pace. He's not, you know, on the uh, the tip of everybody's tongue with, with uh, Yankee prospects outside of, of Yankee fans. So, I think that's a good thing. We have so many prospects though to be excited about. People don't even talk about Vizcaino and Gomez. Those two guys fucking throw fire too. But because Gil and Medina are going to be ready sooner and are nasty. People are looking forward to that, but we really have, we have Gil, Medina, Vizcaino, Gomez, uh, that lefties last name with an S that I can't pronounce. Um, you know, we, we have so, we have so many guys and plus, Brilliant. I'm sorry. Brady. No, not a Brady. I don't care about Brady. Brady is a bum. I don't know if he's a bum. He's, he's highly a, rated he's in the organization for a while. I can't stand that Florio's ranked as our number 10th prospect because I'm sorry, I can list about four other guys that deserve that 10th spot. Yeah. But, no, we do have a really strong – I think it's underrated. I don't understand why it's underrated. It is. It's very underrated. We have, like, four catching prospects that I'm excited about. We have nothing but depth in outfield, shortstop, and pitchers. So, it's like, you know, and we're going to have the 20th pick this year in the draft. That's pretty good. That's why I'm not too worried in the short term overcoming Zach Britton for the next no. eight weeks. We've, we've yeah, got enough arms. Like can... the sky, you know, the, that everything is going to collapse because Britain's out. Yeah, he's a very important piece to the bullpen. But as long as he's healthy for the summer, then we're fine. It's just prior to get into the summer, we've got enough arms, young arms that can that can handle the workload. Yeah. yeah. As long as Britain is full strength by yeah. August, September, we're fine. You just need him pitching full strength so that when the playoffs come, he's ready to go. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think says you were very right with your projection of when he should come back. Because I was listening towards the end of the game on the on the fan with John and Susan, and Susan said that he should they should not rush him back until the first week of July. Yep. That's exactly Great. what I said. Yep. Summertime. Yep. He says, that's an ideal time because he still has to build himself back up. Everything you said, she said. So that actually shows that you're smart. Yeah, I know I'm smart. <laughs> I knew I'm smart. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, where's Donald's ass? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs>
that's all we have for you, Yankees Chronicles today. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. We got lots to talk about. What about Johnny Damon getting arrested? That was some. Ah, I'm not giving him any airtime. He's an idiot. <laughs> no, Johnny Damon pisses me off because the fans loved him for so many years, and he was always a goddamn jackass. Like I, I loved him too as a Yankee, but holy shit, his uh, his behavior there was just—he's Kurt Schilling, disgusting. guys. He has the same personality as Kurt Schilling, and yet no one admits it because he's not as flamboyantly over the top. And he doesn't fail at everything like Kurt does. <laughs> well, he was great as a Yankee, man. I, like I, I did really. I thought no, he was we're not downplaying his ability on the field, but off yeah. the field, he's a jerk. And I'm not oh, yeah. Total um, jerk. Have you guys played the Kurt Schilling video game yet? How's, the, how's that going? Is it, it's a good game? What? Kurt Schilling lost $50 million trying to start his own Kurt Schilling baseball game. <laughs> Who's going to buy that? <laughs> no one. That's why he's still in business. He lost all his money, and then his business partner sued him because he, like, stole shit. Why would you buy that, man? Oh, exactly. <laughs> you guys didn't even know. All right. Well, on behalf of YankeeChronicles.com, hope everybody has a good day today. And be safe, be smart, and go Yankees. Go Yankees. Go Yankees.